Hello and welcome back to the Round Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunter, and joining me this week, like every week, is the South Dorridge statistician, Mr. David Harris. Hi, Will. And to his immediate left, sports media's number one. Number one. Dark and end up song. Joel Linton correspondent, it's Mr. Mike Breslin. Hello, everyone. Anyone remember end ups? Unfortunately. Yeah. Now, I was, I was on, look, every now and then, Mike... You know me, I like to keep up with the trends. I like to see what's going on in the world, things I don't understand. Now, I don't know if you've heard this app called TikTok. I have indeed, actually. Yeah, it's, yeah. Been, it's, been used by, uh, it's been used by all the kids. Um, all the kids. And on there, you've got, on TikTok, you've got this like For You page where you just scroll. It's like a newsfeed, right? Suggested topics. A newsfeed? It's, it's like a newsfeed. For, your, for You wow. page. I'm trying to explain it for, the, for the, all the adults like myself who don't have a clue what's going on. Um, anyway, I was on there and in suggested to me was a Talisa and N-Dubs fan page. And it, I was like uh, greeted by Tinchy Strider, blasting out number one. I'm, and, I'm like, I just, uh, uh, my question for the two of you before we get down to the real pod is, if you're a rapper, is there a worse name than Tinchy Strider? There definitely is, but I haven't got it for you. Let me let me K- get back to you. Uh, to be honest, oh, yeah, K Coke's pretty good. No, but Tinchy, like you're gonna you're gonna turn up to your rap battle, and, so someone's, gonna, and someone's gonna make like a, just a devastating bar about how you cocks Tinchy. <laughs> and like, what are you gonna do? It is tough to come back from that. In fairness, it's really tough to come back from that. Anyway, what, I've to... got a question for you, Will. Actually, yes, before sure. we move on, sure. What what have you been liking on TikTok to get? Endubs and Talisa to come up. Honestly, just all sorts of weird haters stuff. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> yeah, I think the only people I follow on TikTok are um, uh, a lad who does. He's a comedian and he does these post-match interviews as a football manager where he's talking about a night out. <laughs> Those are good, actually. If Those you haven't good. seen them, they are genius. Oh, I've sent I've sent them to absolutely my genius. Oh, They're God. so funny. That's so funny. Um, anyway, we should probably get on with the podcast because um, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a, a podcast brought to you by the listeners or the viewers, as Dave likes to call them. We've got a couple of questions all about um, some about the Premier League, but um, also about the EFL. So EFL Harris over there is quivering with excitement. Um, uh, but before we get down to all of that, lads, how are you? You OK? All good? Yeah, yeah all good, Will. Yeah. You recovered, um, Mike, from your... Uh, your exertions a few weeks ago. You seem a lot calmer today. Yeah, I am. Just uh, yeah. don't let me talk about VAR for too long, because otherwise yeah. we'll, we'll get back close to the... Yeah. The Meridio levels. The Meridio levels. Yeah. Okay. It's hard, at least I don't have to talk about Jose this week. We've exempted him from our first topic, which is nice. That is a... That's a very good point. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, we had a question in from a long-time listener. A friend of the pod. He's been on the pod before, Mr... Mr. James Yates. Um And he asked us a question, sort of like, how do we rank the managers outside of the established order in the Premier League? So he's asking us how we ma- think of uh, managers that aren't perhaps won the Premier League. And that's how we took it. So what we decided to do, rather than sit here and Dave go in the corner, go, I like Moyes! And Mike sit in the other <laughs> corner and go, I like Rav because he's got style. Um, and we thought that would be shit and boring like so many of the other podcasts we thought what we do instead <laughs> again 
go back to these things that the kids like to do on football Twitter, a tier list in a way. So what we've done is we've got four tiers and we're going to try and fit every manager in the league that hasn't won a Premier League into one of these tiers. So the four managers we're excluding, if you need us to tell you, are Carlo Ancelotti, Don Carlo, Jose Mourinho, because Mike would break the podcast, um, Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Flop. Um, <laughs> the, the four tiers that we're putting them in are great, good, okay, bad. Not what Mike wanted, which was good, shit, less shit, Jose. So, so let's go down the list as we go. Let's start off with... Um, Tommy T, formerly of Tommy T's Tricky Blues. Well, not formerly of, he is of Tommy T's Tricky Blues. <laughs> um, Mike, kick, kick it off for me. What do you think of Tommy T? What's here? Uh, he's definitely one of the higher ones, isn't he? He, he is a, a certified good, at least good manager. I'm going to go great. I'm, I'm giving him great. Dave, for you? Yeah, I'd, I'd also say great, to be honest. Definitely one of the higher calibre managers in the league. I would say. Well, Premier, he's got um, a League One title. He's got a couple of cups. Good finished second in the Bundesliga. Took PSG to a final last year. I think he has to go in the great one. Yeah. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't. Would I say he's a? Would I say he's like an all-time great manager? No, but in, for the purposes of this list and how we're ranking them all together, I think he has to be a great manager. So we move on. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. God, we knocked that one out of the park, yeah. didn't we? Um, up next, Brendan Rodgers, who of course is super famous for his um, work with the Chelsea um, youth team, and for that alone, I think it has to be great. Um, <laughs> but Dave, I'll let you go first on Brendan. Yeah, I'd, I'd say great. I think he's he's clearly a very good coach. Um, I mean, he did well at Celtic, and people like that's an easy job. Uh, look at Neil Lennon; clearly, he's, he did a good job there. Um, it is an easy job. Decent at Swansea, uh, did okay at Liverpool, and I think he's good at Leicester. So okay at Liverpool. It's more. It's more the fact that they were uh, they're most remembered for bottling the league title. Yeah, but as we've covered extensively on this podcast, he coached. It wasn't really his fault. No. He put them in. He put them in a really good position to succeed. No, he was, obviously, he was really... only let down because he had to play Gerard because of his massive ego. <laughs> Coaches in the league. I'm not joking. If Lucas Lee was playing at the base of that midfield instead of Gerard, we're talking about Liverpool have won another title. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Mike Brennan Rogers. Uh yeah, great, I think. Um the only question mark really about the Rogers teams is obviously, as Dave said, Liverpool bottled the league. Leicester kind of bottled top four last year, so we want them to see it out this year. But I think he's still certainly one of the best managers in the league particularly outside the four that have won it. Particularly In many years, will he be known as the coach who unlocked Harvey Barnes' potential? Harvey Barnes' hive. That was the Hammers thing. I don't know what I'm doing there. Dear, oh dear. <laughs> I wish we, there was viewers for that. Yeah. Oh, I'll I tell you right now, Harvey Barnes is injured right now. And as the founding member of the Harvey Barnes hive, I am absolutely distraught. I can tell you that for free. Um... Up next, Dean Smith, Dave's favourite manager in the league. Um, well, <laughs> second favourite after Graham Potter. Um, completely turned around Villa this season, Mike. Mm -hmm. um, a style manager, so I'm going to let you go first. Yeah, I think uh, 
I think I'm going to put him in the good. There's still a bit more to prove here as far as getting him into the great, but it's been, this season's been really, really good. Maybe great. Uh, last season, not so good. Uh, yeah, I think good is about right for him. He's mm-hmm. one of the better managers, but probably not in that top tier yet. Yeah. Dave, um, when we were talking about this in that creature earlier, you were talking about um, Smith and perhaps needing to shine some light on the fact that although it's going great this season, his, his championship career aside from Brentford didn't really set the world alight. No, but I think I'd, I'd, I'd definitely put him in good just because, I mean, looking at Villa's squad last year, it wasn't great. And albeit whatever you think, he did manage to keep them up. Um, and this season, he's clearly proved I kept them up. Because the players he's brought in, he's coached perfectly into a system. Uh, and Villa are a totally different outfit to, to what they were last year. So I'd, I'd definitely give him good. Uh, like Mike says, I don't think we've seen enough from him to be great. He manages to replicate this and get Villa as like a top 10 team again for the next couple of seasons. Or even just a solid mid-table, top half team. Then yeah, I'd, I'd look at putting him in great. But for now, I'd, I'd be happy to put him in good. Certainly helps when you have one of the best players in the league on your team, doesn't it? But good, I think, is fair. Yeah. Um, so the next one's a slightly interesting one. Um, Ralph Hassenhull. Oh, look at that. Look at that pronunciation. Ooh. Um, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. Um, <laughs> so if we were doing this podcast a few months ago, his stock would be higher, I reckon. He's yeah. got another 9-0 loss in his resume. And it's quite interesting that he was, when Chelsea got rid of Lampard, he was rumoured to be up for the job. Um, however, there were already concerns about the 9-0. And I think it was a Chelsea journalist said that there would be even more concerns now at a club like Chelsea over the 9-0. Perhaps that's short-termism thinking. But Dave, where where are you ranking, Ralph, and, and why? I would put him in good um, because, yeah, don't get me wrong, to lose 2-9-0 twice is, well, it's, you know, it's catastrophic really, isn't it? Um and they've been on some horror form of late this season. Um, but I think when you look at the squad, and I think a lot of players in that team are like playing above their means, which uh-huh. for me proves that he's a good coach. Like When I say above their means, not necessarily they're bad players. It's more he's managed to coach them into getting, I would say, the best out of them. Uh, like James Ward-Prowse has been great for ages. And I, I feel under Ralph, he's probably playing his best football. Um, even even players, I know he's had a, a few horror weeks, but players like Bednarak and Vestergaard, uh, they've been pretty solid under him. I think coaching them into a, a, a clear style uh, and a style that has kept them, I'd say, achieving pretty respectively in the league, I, I'd have to put them in good, even despite what you could say is hot horror stuff going on lately, really. Yeah. Um, Dave, when I was introducing that, I thought I'd get the 9-0 out of the way quickly so you didn't have to bring it up. Um, Mike, for yourself, we know you're a big fan of Sir Ralph. Look like yeah, you're yeah, me and uh, me and Yates were talking about this as well and it's kind of similar to what you said. I think before, he would have been one of the more promising, na- prominent names, let's say, outside of the before that have won it, but probably now he's 
Yeah, probably a similar category to Dean Smith. I think good is fair. We'll downgrade him because of the two nine nil and the the shocking run of form. Admittedly, there's been a lot of injuries, but you can't keep losing like that. Yeah. For what it's worth, if there was another tier between the great and uh, Dean yeah. Smith and good, I think I would put him in there. I think it's interesting that in ter- looking at terms of honours, of he has a couple of, I think he's got a second Bundesliga title. Um, but he did he did take Leipzig in their debut season in the Bundesliga to second, which is a hell of an achievement. And only left that job because they'd already appointed Nagelsmann. And the next season he finished sixth. It wasn't quite as quite as great that season, but he's certainly a very talented manager. So I think good is I think good is fair enough because he doesn't quite have the some of the accolades that the first two have, even if Rogers is uh, in a pub league. Um, yeah. This one's going to be an interesting one. We talk about style versus honours, the ultimate style. Um, Marcelo Bielsa, Mike, where are you ranking him? And bear in mind, if you don't put him in great, the pitchforks will be out by social media. Don't worry. <laughs> that that is where I was going to put him. Yeah, for me, for me, I know. I think Dave will probably disagree, but for me, he goes in great. <laughs> Just, Okay, Dave agrees. That's good. I've already argued with him about it. Ju- yeah, just because Bielsa, I know he hasn't lasted that long at some clubs, etc., etc. Doesn't win things, whatever. But he gets the best out of the players that he's got, and obviously we like their style of football. So I think you can put him up there with Rogers, Tuchel. The fact that he went to Leeds was a bit of a coup in the first place. So great to have him in the league. Yeah, great for me. Dave. Yeah, I would say great. I mean, look at look at players like Calvin Phillips, Patrick Bamford playing for players that have sort of always had promise, especially Bamford, and you sort of like, is he ever going to get there? Bielsa's made him into the player that people were hoping he would be, even when he was at Chelsea. He, if you, yeah, like Mike loves watching them play. You watch this team play, I'd say they're one of the best coach teams in the league. They're just, this team will fight for each other. And there's a clear style. They know the game plan. It's yeah, it's just a credit to his coaching, really. This whole Leeds team. Yep, I think that's fair enough. I think I think the other thing we touch on in terms of comparing him to some of the other ones has a few Argentinian Premier Leagues. Has a gold medal with Argentina. Now you can argue all you want with that. Um, doesn't he, have. Uh, sorry. He got Chile to the World Cup. He did. He did. And he got him, he got him through. Yeah, which is huge achievement, I would huge say. Um, and then at Bilbao, he has a couple of finals. But um, with him, I think I think if you're going to argue whether or not he's a great manager or something, it's worth looking at the people he's inspired. So you talk about Pep Guardiola's wax lyrical about him. You talk now. Pochettino. However, Pep Guardiola did wax lyrical about Maurizio Sarri, who made me want to pull my teeth out. So let's see. Let's let's maybe see. Um, that said, I do think I do think he's he's got to be in the great category. Mm-hmm. There we are. Style over substance on this podcast yet again. Speaking of substance, what a segue that is, Dave. It's your boy, David Moyes, leader of the resurgent West Ham. Um, um, where are you putting him? I'd put him in good. I certainly can't put... You see, this is strange. I sort Don't of... you put him in great. No, if you even tried no, 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 to put him in great, 
he was kicked off the podcast. No, I was going to say, I feel almost more inclined to put OK, just because... Yeah, that's where he should be. Because, like, if if this is David Moyes, you know, a a long time ago, he's certainly good, maybe even great, but what we've seen over the last seven, eight years, other than this season, has has not been great. Um, And this is, like, probably his first good season in seven or eight seasons, so, yeah... He's doing well this year, but I don't think that makes Moyes, Moyes of old all of a sudden. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably put him in OK. It, it is interesting because if we if we are ranking this in the seasons leading up to his appointment at United, I think anything other than great would yeah. you'd look really Club silly. Club. You'd look really silly. And I think I think you're right. The reason it's OK is, let's not forget, didn't do well at United. Didn't Sunderland didn't, when they actually had a decent team? Sunderland was a disaster. His his foray abroad was a bit of a disaster. West Ham, he's he's done well at West Ham. The first time West Ham didn't go that well. I wouldn't say. No, and even last season at West Ham wasn't great. We talked we talked last week about the idea of performance. I, I, personally, I, I feel okay with okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have him between okay. okay and good. What? You've got him between okay and good? Yeah, I think the, the spell at Everton and obviously so far this season has, has been better than good, but the rest of it brings it down. So I'm yeah. happy with okay, basically. Uh, again, you put I'm glad I didn't tier. have to go first on this one, basically. Yeah, you put in another tier. You think he's in that one, but... Yeah, I'll never forgive him for you. Well, I, I will forgive him for United because it was hilarious. But I, it's a big, it's a big stain. Oh God! <laughs> this is, this oh, is going to be fun. <laughs> if you're playing in and around bingo, cross off twenty minutes on Brighton. Well, I'm gonna... <laughs> um, Mike, you can go first with uh, Graham Potter, Harry's uncle. Oh, I, I don't know where to put old Graham. <laughs> Neither do I. I really don't. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe good. Uh, I, I really like him. I really, really like him, actually. But for some reason, his teams can't score. And that's that's a concerning trait. That is a concerning trait. And if you can't score, you're not going to pick up many points. Facts for you there. So, <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Uh, Thanks. I, I don't know. <laughs> Michael Owens just turned up on the pod. <laughs> Maybe good. Maybe I'm upgrading him a bit. I don't know. I mean, he's won league titles in Norway, admittedly, but he has won league titles. He did a bit of a wonder job with Ostersund, I would say, to be honest. Um, is it? Is it even Norway? It's Sweden, isn't it? Yeah, it's Sweden. Then, then he did a, <laughs> it's called he did a really good job at Swansea. He did do a really good job at Swansea, yeah. Um, he's doing, a, well, points-wise, a fine job, but Football-wise, a pretty um, good job. Yeah. It's it's interesting because I think sometimes you need like level to reach that next level as a coach. You can coach them as well as you can, but you are ultimately ham, hum, hamstrung, hamstrung by your players. Like you watch some of the you watch some of the combination play and the channels between the wingers and the striker for Brighton, and you think you think replace Trossard with Son and replace Mopai with Kane, and what is what is he doing with that? Tottenham team, for example, compared to what Mourinho's doing with that Tottenham team in terms of a more stodgy style. It's just interesting that 
because Brighton can't score, will he ever get a chance to do that? That'd be a heck of a fit, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this. That really would be a heck of a yeah. fit. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Look, if you if you're if you're a director of football and you want to know who your team should hire, hire Will Hit me up. <laughs> Just on the phone. I mean, after I've got through the Damien Duff talk, I think you'll be fine. We'll find you a <laughs> find you a candidate. But um, no, I just think he's an interesting one because record-wise, you're looking at okay. But when you take into account the context and the football and the fact that he has actually won something, I think you have to put him in good. I'm happy with that. I really like him, so I'm good with that. But equally, if someone came in here and said, no, he's got to go in okay, I'd be like, yeah, fine, okay. I'm okay with okay. Yeah, I'm happy to put him in good. I think he's clearly actually a good coach. He just just doesn't seem to have any luck, does he? Bless him. What's he supposed to do when his team missed two penalties in the same game? No, it was the referee's fault. (laughs) Fuck off, Lewis Dunk. Oh, it's cost us us three points. Put either of the penalties in and you get a point. Put the other one in, you get three. Unreal. (sighs) Let's talk about the man the opposition dug out of the weekend. Big Sam, he's up next. Um, Dave, you like to fetishise the old dinosaurs of English football, so I'll let you take this one. I'm putting him in bad. What? Really? Big Sam, never been relegated. Big Sam in bad, why? Yeah, but if we're doing it in this current, what Big Sam's current stock is. You take into account a bit of everything. Put it all in the pot. Yeah. Give it a stir. Um, I'm willing to put him as okay. A nice Yorkshire stew. A, a Lancashire hot pot, maybe. That's where Big I'm Sam... Not, I'm not going to be higher than OK for Big Sam. Uh, like, I, he has made... He's had some great achievements keeping teams up. Don't get me wrong. But most places, he hasn't been able to build any sort of legacy because his football is just to keep a team up. Does he not have a legacy at Bolton? Yeah, and how many years ago was that, Will? Doesn't matter. Oh, it does, because you just put Moyes in OK instead of good, because if... You can't, you can't say Moyes is OK and... No, I was just... I was nearly... Big Sam is a footballing dinosaur. As a current coach in this, in this world of football, I don't really think he... It's not, it's not good. OK. All right. I, I don't... I, I'm, okay. I'm good with OK. I think OK is about right. Because I actually, I actually agree with that. Okay. Yeah, I think a lot of his achievements before, obviously Bolton were was pretty sensational. I think I expected him to do a little bit more <laughs> with West Brom this year, and that's why I, I I don't think the squad's good at all there. But I thought they'd at least be harder to beat, at least. Yeah, that's and they're just they're really not. That's the thing. Big Sam's known for making teams hard to defeat, and. They've probably been worse than they were under Billich for most of the time he's been in charge. So they've been worse than they were under Billich, I think. Yeah, yeah. Big Sam got all that credit for the result against Liverpool, the point away. But Billich got a point against Man City, I think, just before he yeah. got sacked, and they played better in that game than they did against Liverpool. Yeah. So I mean, it is interesting. You look, you go down the list of his jobs. Um, you, Blackpool and Notts County, we don't remember. So let's move away from there. Yeah. Bolton Wanderers, success. You got, right. Then you've got Newcastle, 
not a success. Blackburn, do you think of his time? Yeah, they're okay. Two years, yeah. West Ham, I thought he was okay at West Ham. Yeah, yeah did a decent job there. Sunderland, kept oh, them up. He yeah. just does what he does everywhere yeah. he goes, doesn't he? England, well, this is the point. Crystal Palace, and then he did well. At, and then you take his last two jobs. You take Everton and West Brom. And they leave a bit of a sour taste in your mouth. Like the Everton one, I think it was because of the discord around the club. But it just feels like he's lost his luster, like you said, Dave. It's, it's more Big Sam has a blueprint that he can't change for, for clubs. And I would say Everton, other than maybe Bolton and his whole career, were the only club that weren't like a damsel in distress. Mm. Everton, as much as you're like, yeah, they're underperforming, they're not a team ever really in danger of going down. Mm. They've got decent enough players. And yeah, taking the blueprint of like survival to a team like that, it's, it's never really going to fit because the players want more, the fans want more, the board want more. It's interesting that if you, if you probably, if we probably do this after 2017 with Crystal Palace, we've probably got fonder memories of him. And if you go back even further to even, even Sunderland before the England debacle, fonder memories. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I just think, yeah, where we are now is probably okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be okay. (laughs) Mike, Sean Dyche, almost like a a gruff evolution of Allardyce in a way. Like, like if if, if Allardyce is drinking wine out of a pint glass, you could see Sean Dyche drinking a Cinzano out of a pint glass, couldn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. It's quite the visual, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I love this guy. Uh... <laughs> good or great. I think we've put Ralph in good, Dean Smith in good. I don't know where where does he fit in? Good plus. Yeah, I was just say sort of between good and great. <laughs> I don't know if I can put him at the level of of two shell and Rogers and Bielsa. Dice is strange because you put him anywhere else, I think you realise that maybe his style in football and stuff isn't great. We already know it's not great, but it, I don't think it works anywhere else. But Dice and Bernie's like a perfect fit. And the fact he's made them the team they are and got them to Europe is... Well, yeah, I forgot about that. Pretty I, up. Yeah. Um, I think with Dice, the question is not whether or not he should be in good. The question is whether or not he should be in great. Yeah. Because good. the the lev- the finances, the size of the club to complete, to, not only to compete in the Premier League, but to excel to the level, like Dave says, where you make European football is absolutely incredible. But the only thing when you're talking about a managerial job is you've got to ask, you're asking yourself about tactical flexibility. How would they cope at a big club with... Tommy T and Rogers, we see that. I mean, with Bielsa, you see it. You see tactical flexibility massively. With coping players, it's a different matter. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what the just the, just the fact that we haven't seen it. I think stops him from slipping into that great category with these others. Although, if you if you're asking for me, who's done the best Premier League job on this list? I, I think it is Sean Dutch. Yeah, I would say it's Sean Dutch too. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Are we settling on good? Well, I think good. Yes, yeah. good. Good. Dave, former England manager now, Roy Hodgson. All going a bit wrong at Palace, isn't it? People want him out. It is, but there's nowhere I can't put him in good. 
I, I can't. He has to be in good. He took Fulham to a Europa League final. That is true. It's incredible. He did a good job at West Brom. It's incredible he, to get to the final. Of a he European. wasn't that disastrous at Liverpool. He was at like he was because of what Liverpool had become. Wait, he was disastrous at Liverpool. <laughs> oh, great, okay, buddy. No, no, no. He was. But he, wasn't, he wasn't bad at West Brom. He did very well at Fulham. And I would say, yes, Palace style of football is shocking. But he's kept them in the league and managed to managed to sign some okay players. And he's got he's made Wilfred Zaha better, I would say. Um players like Eze. I, I think you have to put him in good. I don't think he's a bad coach. I don't like his style of football, but it doesn't make him a bad coach. Mike. Uh, uh, either okay or bad for me, I think. Really? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. very interesting. I, th- I think an okay minus. <laughs> Do you want to hear what he's won? He's yeah, won. That's... No, no, I, I understand that. But I think where we are now, <laughs> Palace have done nothing. I mean, nothing for yeah, years but... under him. I mean, everyone on the... He, for what yeah, it's worth, he has the most my... league titles everyone on this list. Aim every season. Well, that's fine. Well done to him. Yeah, it's just... Palace's aim every season is to stay up. However well they do the year before, their only aim is to stay up, and he keeps doing that. They're, up. they're not great, the but they're staying up this year, and that's all that Palace care about. Okay. That's fine. I don't, I don't think he's getting the best out of that squad. I agree. I no, agree. he is either, but as a manager, he's proven that he's a good manager. I, I, I think... We're well, we're that... talking about Big Sam being okay. How can Roy Hodgson be better than that? Because Roy Hodgson has been okay, well, I'd say good in the last year or two, whereas Big Sam hasn't been good for like five, six years. But if you take it, you, you're, not, you're not just looking at one year, you're taking into account the whole career. I mean, Roy, yeah, Hodgson, Roy Hodgson, let's never forget, has a disastrous England record. England. Like, they got knocked out, they got knocked out by Iceland. There's blemishes on both these guys' CVs. If we're putting Big Sam in, okay, I think that's where Roy Hodgson should go. To be honest, I agree. For what it's worth, although I do, I do see what you're saying, Dave. Like Roy Hodgson has the C, has the, he's won titles that he could be nearer the top of this. He could be in good, but I, I agree with Mike that there's got to. He has too many failures as opposed to some of these others have. Don't worry, mate. When we get to Ali Gunnar Solskjaer, it's going to be, no, it's going can, to be a bloodbath. I'd be to put him in okay. I'm just, yeah, I'm put him in okay, I guess. Dave says it's okay to be okay. Come on, Mike, put him in okay. Scott Parker, streets man. Well, allegedly, if you listen to Twitter. Dave, where would you put Scotty P? Probably okay. Um, what? I agree. You can't put him in... You see, this is the thing. Start of the season, I thought he would be bad. I saw nothing other than him being bad. But you see these players, and if you... God, well, I hope... You, I'd say if you watch Fulham play, I hope no one watched Fulham Crystal Palace. I watched I watched about 10 minutes and ended up having a lunchtime nap. Um, <laughs> terrible game. But you watch how they play. For a team near the bottom, I would say out of those teams at the bottom... Like bottom half of the league, they're probably playing playing some of the best football. Um, 
they're quite an exciting team to watch. He's no, I think I'm making. <laughs> you literally just said you had a nap in that game. Yeah, that's what I'm looking. All of the season, as a whole of the season, they've been. He's brought them on leaps and bounds since even the first few games of this season. They are picking up one point now as opposed to zero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, but I think I think he's an okay manager. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Park is but, fine. He's but okay. Dave, Dave, you fell asleep at the Dave's weekend. Right. But I mean, Fulham had sixteen shots to Palace's three, which showcases a bit, of, a little bit of a, a Brighton kind of thing to me. Um, I agree. Okay, it's just. It's always funnier to get you to defend defend yourself and you think I'm upset with you. Looked at me like I've been saying bad, so I was like, yeah. "Oh no." Well, it's just that it's just that he's got to be a manager of something because Fulham certainly aren't a football team. Um, <laughs> interesting one here, Chris Wilder. Um, we were doing this a year ago. I don't care that we're doing it now. And Mike, if you put him in great, I am. Um... Going to just jump off the call. You put you put him in. I'm put I'm putting him in great. <laughs> okay. Uh, all aboard the Wilder train. I'm here for it. Okay. Why? I mean, they're they're like a League One team in the Premier League. What are they doing here? They're only here because of him. They are literally only here because of this guy. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Last year was. Unbelievable. It was like Leicester winning the league, but Sheffield United was somehow top half. I mean, yeah, the fact they're bottom and they're a bit crap this year. They've been a bit unlucky, but I don't care. He's great. His career paths in his career paths in, that last season at Northampton's interesting. Got promoted from League One League Two. Next season Sheffield United win League One. Then they have a season in championship, then they get promoted to the Premier League. That's that's a, Can't that argue is, with that. That's a pretty good run, Dave. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying this. I think Chris Wilder's the only manager that's ever won the League Two, League One and Championship playoffs. I think he's the only person to do it. Interesting. Well, just looking at his individual accolades here, he's certainly got the longest of anyone we've looked at so far. Well, I didn't even bother looking at Tommy T's. I'm not going to lie to you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I would... League One Manager of the Year. LMA Special Achievement Award. LMA Championship Manager of the Year. Like, LMA well, Manager of the Year. He didn't get Championship Manager of the Year that year. There was no justice. He did. No, I was going to say if he didn't. Uh, which, is, which is really interesting that amongst his peers, he's incredibly highly rated. Mike, if, if, if what we've done so far in terms of the only one we've stuck in great that probably, if you're talking about success, we're talking about top league title so like Rogers for all all the jokes has got them in Scotland Bielsa's got that international trophy as well as the Argentinian ones if you want to Tommy T's got the Champions League run to the Champions League final and winning a top five league in league on why do you feel comfortable sticking someone who with all no disrespect championship to league to the Premier League is the great achievement rather than tangible trophies well, well, he's got out of League Two, League One, the Championship as well. And I think Sheffield United to top half is about as good as a bloody trophy. You might as well give him one. Give him the Community Shield, why not? What a waste of time that is. But 
yeah, I just think I, I I just think it's such an overperformance that you can't not celebrate how good it, it is. Not with not with. Do you not feel the same about Daesh? Yeah, that's the thing. If we're putting one of these in great, they have to both go in great. Is my well, thing. to be fair, Daesh hasn't won well, been promoted out of League Two, League One, and the Championship, has he? Also out of the conference as well, Wilder. I was wrong. It was the conference playoffs he won, but he did automatic in the other three leagues. Okay, I'm happy with great. I'm happy with good too. Mike's convinced I, me. I'm pushing the. I'm pushing the great boat. He's. He's manager of the year last year, ladies and gentlemen. As much as yeah, Jurgen Flop won it. As much as they're tanking, yeah, that, that is waffle that Klopp won it. He is so the did reigning... he actually win it officially. Yeah, he's the. Oh, he's... that's a disgrace. However, Chris Wilder is the reigning in and around manager of the year. So they he are. certainly is. Um, yeah, I was just going to say on Wilder. As much as they're tanking this season, getting a high draft. Last season itself is one of the best achievements I've seen, really, in modern times in the Prem. Yeah, moving on. Nuno? Good. Good. Not going to argue, good. Write it down. Steve Bruce? Bad. Bad. Style, bad. Of, fo- style of football shit? He can't get the best out of Joel Linton, so he's bad. That is, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for your weekly Joel Linton report from Sports Media's number one Joel Linton correspondent, Mr. Mike Breslin. Mike, how did Joel Linton get on this weekend? Yeah, started uh, up at St. James's or whatever it's called at the moment. Uh, nice 7.0 seven the... on who scored. I believe it's the no one goals. Arena. Oh, oh, dear. That's really the case. That's it's actually horrible. Not. Uh, yeah, no goals, no assists this time. But he's starting games, and that he just needs game time. Yeah. So it's good to see Bruce giving it to him. Well, once he gets a run of games, I think it's the world's his oyster. Um, no, I agree totally. Steve Bruce, f- football dinosaur without the success that Allardyce has. That fair? yeah, pretty much. Quite a few times now. Blue yeah. Hall. Uh, no, not Wigan. I mean, he's never had any massive, significant jobs, has he? No, we're going to move on. No, yeah. there's a reason for that. He's bad. Arteta, who is, of course, fighting off accusations that he is literally just a Spanish manager with turtlenecks and PR. Another one of them, the Pep disciple. I don't really know where to put Arteta, you know. Well, he's got an FA Cup. He's also got a woeful run of form this season under his belt I would say okay okay too soon to tell I would say so I put him in okay mm-hmm. yeah yeah we've put Moyes in okay so our test is fine there Moyes is in okay in that case he's bad <laughs> only joking Ollie um right <laughs> who um I'm just going to say one thing the idea that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's football is way better than Mourinho's that's been sprouted by some United journalists out there is fucking waffle. He, they literally have the same game plan, except replace... Well, they don't have the same game plan, but they replace, replace slightly intense pressing and a counter-attack and give, with low block and a counter-attack. And when you're in possession, let's all give the ball to our really talented players. It's shit. It's boring. United deserve better. But Mike, Agreed. you're a United fan, sorry, you go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm 
No, yeah, you pretty much summed it up. He's bad. Yeah. He's bad. He's the only bad manager in the league, then. No, Bruce. Bruce as well. Ollie and Bruce. I think if No, Ollie no, got... Jose too, but we haven't done him. Fuck off, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if Ollie got sacked by United tomorrow, and, and tomorrow, and any of these jobs are up and about, does, do you think anyone hires him in the league? No, no chance. Maybe Cardiff. Oh yeah, I went well for the last time. <laughs> in fact, yeah, you're right. They're better off than Mick McCarthy. No, yeah. no, I don't think anyone hires him. No. Maybe Malmo will take him back. Maybe Malmo. Anyway, mould. So, oh yeah, mould. Sorry. So those are um, those are our uh, our answers. Thanks for the question, uh, James Paul Yates. It was good fun. That was good fun, actually. I enjoyed that. Got a nice sense of some of the other ones. We have another question, Mike, that I'm going to read out to you. Not in its entirety, because it includes swear words. The the start's the best part. Hi, Mike, Will and Donkey Dave. Can we please get Dave's take on Norwich going 10 points clear of the championship? Thank you, James. Another James. Um, so we're going to take this opportunity to for Mike, for Dave, who is our EFL expert, and Mike, who is our League Two expert, but he's also looking at the championship as part of his work on the betting podcast with Henry Hodgson, which I think is a should be classed as jail time for Mike. Um, <laughs> so let's kick this off because we want to. We really want to take a look at perhaps some of the teams we'll probably be talking about in more depth next year if they mm-hmm. make it to the Premier League. So, Dave, I'm going to give you the floor because your opinion was asked for. What do you think of Norwich? Don't say shit. No, I I thought they would probably do. Um, Very I mean, good, Will. Thank you. They've proven pretty much every time they've been in the Championship in recent times that they're too good for it. They have one season in the Prem come down go pretty much straight back up most of the time uh, I think what was crucial for them is they held on to Buendia I don't know how he's doing the championship too good for the championship but, Buendia uh, even Todd Campwell I would say is, is pretty good and he wasn't bad in the Prem last season I thought he was a pretty good player certainly very good for the championship uh, Pukki obviously dropped off after what felt like five minutes of the Prem. However, when they got promoted, he was the leading goal scorer, got a hell of a lot of goals. This could be his level. He's scoring again. Yeah, yeah he's scoring again. So. so, so in terms of as someone who as someone who, as I've said, actively avoids a lot of the Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, fill me in here, Dave. Is it Daniel Fark still in charge? Has the squad much changed? Um, not really, no. I mean, they lost, they lost Jamal Lewis, who, well, I, I don't really watch Newcastle, but I've got Newcastle fans on Twitter. Lucky you. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, Norwich haven't really lost out anything losing. Ben Godfrey, to be fair, pretty good centre-back, but um, in the Championship, the thing is, they've got players like Grant Hanley, who you can't really get away with starting in the Prem, but in yeah. the Championship, he's perfect. Uh, Max Aaron's is still there. Very yeah. Full back. Okay. Uh, and Interestingly, got... Cantwell, I don't think, has been as good this year as what he no. was in the Prem, which is quite interesting. Not, but that's because they changed their system. 
Interesting. Interesting. Uh, they do also have Kieran Dow, who I li- I've liked for a while. He's a good player. Uh, Oliver Skip on loan from Tottenham as well. Yeah, they're just a, just a good team. I thought I thought they would do this. Interesting. About them in the plan. Interesting, Mike. We had an argument on this podcast about uh, Norwich and not spending any money. Um, like me and you were, me and you were expecting them to be a yo-yo club, sort of on the way to establishing themselves as perhaps as a Premier League side. So, kind of a bit on track to be coming back up. Are you excited to see what they they do this time if they do make it back up here? Yeah, no, it's good news that they're, they're currently seven points clear, so they've got a pretty decent chance to come straight back up. Obviously, as Dave rightly says, pretty similar squad to the one that went down. So if they can just add a few, which they didn't really do last time, if they can add a few in the transfer market this year, they've they've got a chance. It's a settled team, settled manager. They know the system. Yeah, hopefully they can give it a good go next year. Yeah, if they uh, finish the job this this year, that is of course. <laughs> yeah. So, as as I can't say this enough, as someone who observes the championship from afar. I'll tell you what, much less now that Lampard's not a Derby and John Terry's not of the Villa. Um, in the Championship, at least. I, I keep hearing some name, the name of a club, Dave. I keep hearing Brentford. Smart recruitment from Brentford. Sensible Brentford. Side Ben Rabba. They've This team's too good for the, the Championship. This team's great for the Championship. New stadium prepping for the Premier League. And I feel like I've been hearing that for about three years at this point. And I've never actually seen Brentford make that step up. Are you convinced that this year's the year? I'm not sure. I'm really <laughs> not. Because. Hold on, hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, he's got his hands behind his bed, bed, head, and he looks the most confused I think I've ever seen him. Uh, because they, they keep. Basically, whenever Brentford look like they they've put a run together, and you're like they're going to close the gap on Norwich, they go and lose two or three games in a row. They've done it twice already this season. Um, last season, for some minor miracle of not beating Barnsley on the last day, they didn't go up. Um, they've got they've got a good team. Don't get me wrong; they've got a great young team. Their recruitment is fantastic. Everyone they sign seems to to hit the ground running but uh, I mean even Dean Smith couldn't get them up I'd, I don't know it's it's one of those where I'll believe it when I see it no, I'm not going to say anything to go up because you literally don't know with these guys Mike what do you think of them yeah D- uh, Dave's right last year they should have gone up and, and bottled it a little bit they are by far the top scorers in the championship they're 12 goals clear of the next highest scorers who are Cardiff um, Ivan Tony, their striker has 24 he, he's obviously yeah. the leading scorer in the league as well he's an absolute joke uh, and hopefully if he can stay in form and they stop with these silly runs of results they've got a pretty good chance mm-hmm. it's worth noting that Swansea are four points behind them with two games in hand so yeah, depending on how that goes mm. we'll see but Brentford the good news is Brentford don't have to outpoint Norwich, which which they probably won't. They just have to be better than Watford and Swansea, who are below mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. That's, so. that's that's interesting. Maybe we'll finally get to see him. Yeah. Moving on to Swansea, a team I do keep half an eye because of Mark Gwee. 
plays on. He's yeah. a centre back for them. Plays on loan from Chelsea. Rolls Royce of a player, by all accounts. I must confess, I've, I've only seen him in brief portions. Um, Mike Swansea obviously for all, quite a while were an established Premier League team, and then it all sort of went wrong overnight. But and who can forget the heady days of Meechie? Erling Haaland certainly doesn't. Um, <laughs> one of my favourite things in world football is that Haaland just loves Michu. I'm like, brilliant. But um, in terms of perhaps seeing a club from Wales back in the league, I mean, Swansea, are they our best hope? Uh, yeah, yeah. Cardiff are in really good form, but they're a little bit off the pace. Um, as I said, Swansea are 59 points, four behind Brentford with two games in hand. They are one of the teams that I love to back on the betting show. I've noticed. <laughs> uh, we've gone from Brentford, the top scorers in the league, to Swansea, the best defence in the league. So, under Graham Cooper, really good side. They're not yes. going to score lots of goals, but once they go in front, the game's pretty much over. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, they've got a good shot of going up this year. A really good shot. They say attack wins games, but defence wins championships. There you are, look at that. All the cliches in the book. Dave, the other Welsh club, Cardiff. Um, Mick McCarthy, I believe, taking the reins. Yeah, um, yeah, this is this is classic Mick McCarthy in the championship, really. Um, whenever he just... Yeah, we talk about a new manager bounce. Whenever Mick McCarthy takes a job in the championship. I mean, this is pretty ridiculous now. Cardiff, from the last seven, had won six bounce and they just drew at the weekend um bastards cost me some money on the old betting show as well totally on their season i'd say given you've got bournemouth and reading who are very patchy i would back cardiff to maybe sneak in 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 fifth or sixth in the playoffs Uh, i generally think he's going to get them there um they're too way too far off the It'd have to be hell of a run for them to even sneak second. Really would be have to be hell of a run. But I think they'll end up in the playoffs. Um, who knows? They could end up playing Swansea in the playoffs. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's a Swansea-Cardiff playoff final would be absolutely blockbuster. But the, And then the second observation I've got, I can't imagine Mick McCarthy and the word bounce ever belonging in a sentence together. <laughs> so you just... On the, on the Cardiff-Swansea playoff thing, there could be fans back in the stadiums by then, Oof. and that would be that would be cracking, wouldn't it? Well, only Bernie would be there on his book. Uh-huh. Yeah. For what it for what it's worth, I, I mean, assuming we lose Sheffield and we lose um, West Brom and we lose um, I don't know Fulham, um, it'll be a shame to lose Sheffield for being in a different part of the country. But uh, if you've got to lose a London team in Fulham to gain a Welsh team in Swansea, just in terms of a wide variety of the Premier League. That's, that's really nice for me. Um, in terms of two of the clubs that went down last season, Bournemouth, obviously they've sat their manager. They've got Woodgate in now and you've Watford, which is an ever-revolving carnival door. Which of these two, Dave, would you feel more confident in? Watford. Watford, why? Their team is... Uh, I can't... Yeah. I can't believe they're not top. Just the quality in that team. Who's still in it? Of the the headline acts, Calibre, cleverly, well, Pedro, Ismail Assar. Oh, Ismail Assar, great player. Uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, what's the Spanish right back called? Oh, oh. Ben Foster was shouts at him on his well, blog. Fo- what's his name? Oh boy, Mark Montoya. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, Kiko Femenia, yeah. Kiko, Kiko. yeah. Um, Kong as well is a really good centre-back. They've yeah. got a really, really good team. So so if they've, got, if they've got all these really good players, Dave, why aren't they in with a real, real shout? Why, why are we thinking that Brentford, Norwich and all these lot are better? Well, it brings me on to my point, which is same, sort of same with Bournemouth. They have a Premiership quality starting eleven, or at least an eleven that's too good for the Championship. But if you take into their account their whole squad, albeit Bournemouth more than Watford, so their whole squads are actually a little bit lacking, I would say. Um, whereas, whereas a team like Brentford have like a promising, decent young player to come off the bench, or someone that already fits the system. Bournemouth or Watford are either bringing a young player off the bench who's not up to scratch yet, or like an old old statesman of the game who's, who's not really going to do anything for you. Old statesman of the game? Yeah. Bournemouth, Bournemouth do have Dominic Solanke, though, um, one of the best number nines in the country, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Formulated by Brennan Rogers in his early work. I think he was actually. <laughs> That's a lie. Um, Mike, you wanted to say something before I started waffling? <laughs> Yeah, just on Watford. Um, recently, they've started to find the net a bit more frequently, but before probably the last five or six, they were struggling to score goals, and that's why you you trust them a little bit less to stay the course. Probably, if they can carry on scoring like they have been, they've got a better shot. But yeah, goals have been Watford's problem. Bournemouth on Bournemouth, the Woodgate appointment I think is a dreadful one. To be honest, I really don't like why? it. Why? So. He, he did a he did a dreadful job at Middlesbrough last year, mm-hmm. and now he's at promotion chasing Bournemouth with no track record of being able to do the job. He'd only bearing in mind the the manager they sacked Tyndall brought him in a day or two before, so he's yeah. only been at the club for two days and then been made caretaker manager. It's grim. Sorry, mm. Bournemouth fans. Mm. Dave, well they clearly don't trust him because they brought in Joe Jordan. Uh, a week or two ago, the the old Tottenham coach was not. Oh, Gattuso scrapping. Oh, Joe yeah, 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 yeah. Joe Jordan. Is, oh, might have to tune in. So yeah, Joe Jordan Woodgate are going to try and work together and get something out of his team that Tindall, who'd been there for years and years and years, apparently can. Even though I think it was a harsh sacking, but that's another topic. Harsh sackings. Bit of a theme this season. Um, last but definitely least is Reading. Um, I say last. I say last but least, least. I don't know how well they're doing. I just don't like Reading. I never forget. Um, what was their manager when they had Adam Lafondre? Oh, Lafondre. Uh, legend Adam Lafondre. Cottrell. What was his name? Steve. No. no Brian McDermott. Brian, Brian McDermott. Couple. Couple, that was yeah, Steve Couple, Steve Couple. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, how are they getting on now? Uh, they're fifth in the league, they were top for ages. Basically, Reading's big thing is they're actually not a bad team, but they've had some off the field issues that have impacted them. Basically, Omar Richards, their best fullback, is going to buy Munich last season after constantly refusing to sign contracts next season. My- yeah, yeah he's going last season. It shouldn't be a problem for them. Sorry, sorry. Uh, and then Michael Elise is a really, really good young player. The speculation of him moving on, I think, to be honest, that's impacted the squad. Um, mm-hmm. 
since that sort of happened, they they dropped off. So if if the two of you, I'm going to ask you the the dreaded question now. I want you to tell me who you. I want you to give me your predictions for winner, second place, and who wins the playoffs. And Did you, Norwich are going to Norwich are going to win the league. Norwich. Do you have anything to add on Reading, Mike? Before we do this. I was just going to say, Reading, yeah, as Dave said, went out the traps at an unsustainably good rate and they're probably coming back down to where they should be a bit more around the playoffs-ish. Yeah, if for what's worth... Or just worth, outside, maybe. Hard if we're going to take their playoff spot for what's worth. Yeah, I think they might drop out. Uh, second, so the other automatic spot, I'm going to stick with my swans. Mm. Okay. And Brentford through the playoffs. No. The ultimate bottlers through the playoffs. Interesting. We're going to do it this year. Dave, for you? Yeah, I, I can't let pass Norwich. Uh, great going forward, great defensively, good overall squad. I, I think, yeah, they win this league. Um, second place, I think it's going to be Watford. Watford. I think Watford have enough in them over the, the duration. Uh, and in the championship, experience really is key. And with people like Deeney, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think he might take them to that extra level. Deeney! Overtake. Uh, in terms of winning the playoffs, to be honest, I would like to see Brentford uh, do it. But I don't think they will. I think the team that's going to win the playoffs is Swansea. Swansea. Yeah. Okay. Well, Up the Swans. Let me tell you, lads. If Norwich, Swansea, and Brentford, or Norwich, Watford, and Swansea come up, I'll be thoroughly disappointed. Because the last thing the team, the country needs, is another London club in the league, in Brentford or Watford, who are the worst-run club, I think around. Yeah. Dave, we would be remiss if we talked about the EFL Championship for the first time in many. The moon without letting you to look back and give us one or two minutes not a full-blown rant about your beloved Birmingham City how's it going Dave uh well you see we won a game at the weekend but still still horrendously <coughs> um yeah I wrote an article at the start of the season with a few predictions for teams when did you predict Blues had finished Dave well I thought we'd be top half of maybe a <laughs> Playoffs, and um, we might win in in League One. Uh, what it's worth, I did write like a mid-season sort of revision of this article, and I will stick by this. The players we signed over the summer, compared to the squads we have had in recent years, it generally looked like we're actually gonna have a turning point little did i know the turning point was to get worse <laughs> um impressive from where they were impressive. very impressive we're stuck with karanka because he's on a three-year deal so basically we go down if <coughs> they he'll still have the job i imagine if we stay up we're stuck with karanka again so pretty bleak really yeah. to be honest well, we can't end the podcast there because that's just too bleak. So, one last quick question, boys. From, I'll tell you what, this is from another podcast. Well, I've got back to the... Oh, I forgot. Week. Mike? Start of the week. Fact of the week. Oh, 
I, I thought we'd recorded this, so I didn't have to do this every week. We have, but it's more fun when you do it. <laughs> okay. It's David's stat of the week. Cheers for that lovely intro, Mike. Well, I was going to throw a Sheffield United one, but given as we, we stopped talking about them, this one is one that really shocked me. Uh, obviously, Liverpool didn't lose yesterday, but this is the nine games up until them playing Sheffield United. In the last nine games, they lost six. That was as many as they'd lost in their last 100 Premier League games. Wow. Wow. They'd 75. That shows how good they were. They were really good. Five, drew 19, lost six of their 100. And in the last nine games before yesterday, uh, they had won two, drawn one, lost six. I love it. It's great to see. It really is. So, um, yeah, one more question. Um, this is from another podcast, the Tribus Podcast, at the Tribus Podcast, and Tribus is spelled T-R-I-B-U-S on Instagram. They said to us, when Mike, Mike did his usual call-out on uh, Instagram, to, which, by the way, if you want to follow us on any of the socials, that in and around pod, um, he did a usual call to say, have you got any questions we're recording today? And they said, how other teams are influencing referees prior to and immediately after games, which is consequently impacting decisions in the game that follows. Clear pen for United yesterday. We're recording on Monday, so of course they're referring to the Callum hudson Adoy handball, or handball that wasn't, in the Chelsea-United game that was 0-0. A um, lot of controversy. I think there's all, for me, I think the bit of the backstory for this is, firstly, that Jurgen Klopp, has been very critical of United getting penalties. Um, they were getting them at a, quite not a ridiculous rate. I mean, they're all penalties, but they were getting them at such a rate where you were like, bloody hell. Um, and ever since then, they've, they've felt aggrieved about a few decisions not going their way. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in his post-match interview yesterday called out the Chelsea website, which, if which as I was saying to Dave earlier today, if this is a very nerdy history joke. It's a very like Pravda which is the so which was Stalin's <laughs> internal newsletter during the to the Communist Party. It is like we lost three 0 to City one year, where the entire post match thing for the Chelsea website was on about how Ramirez was incorrectly judged for offside, and that the extra two goals from City put gloss on the scoreline. It didn't. So it's not a particularly <laughs> not a particularly. I think I'm biased, and then I read their match reports. Um. That said, they'd put up a picture of Harry Maguire wrestling Aspilicueta to the ground in the previous fixture and also made reference to the home fixture for them last year where Harry Maguire could have been sent off twice, I think, and eventually scored the second goal. Tackle and miss you, that's why, Mike. We talked about it on this podcast. I was very angry. You might recall it was one of many times I'm very angry. Um, but... Two questions here. Firstly, Mike, I'm going to go to you because obviously a lot of this griping came from the United side. I want your take on the incident and what you thought of Ollie's post-match confidence before we talk widely about referees. Okay, so firstly, I, in real time when I was watching it, I thought it was Greenwood who handballed it. So, so saw the replay. Turns out it was hudson Adoy. I then thought they're not going to give this because Greenwood's arm touched hudson Adoy's arm and kind of, I thought, had pushed it towards the ball. 
a few more looks and I think it actually didn't. So maybe it should have been a pen. I really actually don't have a clue on this one. I, I would say not a pen. I think it's I'm a pen. I'm not sure. By letter of the law, I think it's a pen. But I think I was saying this to a friend of ours that I think we're slightly conditioned now that players have their that handballs, if it just hits it, then it is a penalty. But I mean, gone are the days where we used to we talk about intent. But I thought it was a pen, I must admit. Yeah, but I mean, I guess in this day and age it probably is. But I've always been against a lot of handballs that particularly since VAR's come in that have been given as penalties. So I, I prefer them not to be given. It seems like a bit of a a ridiculous punishment for something like that. Yeah. I don't know if that may, makes any sense, but it's not, it's not like he's chopped him down. <laughs> it's that, not... He's accidentally hit, hit his hand and you get a 0.8 chance out of one to score a goal. Yeah. A full one a little stupid. goal. Well, yeah. So, so I guess the penalty... Yeah, it is what it is. The whole Solskjaer reading the Chelsea blog. I, I mean, if he's reading the fucking blog or if, if he's paying someone to read it, for fuck's sake, what are we actually doing over there? <laughs> Honestly. Mm. Go and sign some players. Stop looking <laughs> at Chelsea's blog. Oh, if, if he's spending time actually thinking about this, and by the way, it should have been a pen from Maguire's manhandling of Aspilicueta in the return fixture. Yeah. So even if it's propaganda, it was right. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know. I'm I'm lost at what I don't I don't know what my club are doing these days. Yeah. Yeah, Dave. What did you think of Solskjaer's comments? <sighs> I thought it was strange. Is it not classic deflecting from a poor performance? Yeah, it's it's like it's basically like he they've not turned up and played how he wanted to and knows he's gonna get criticism. So he's trying to come up with a scapegoat. And basically it's the classic if we had this pen we'd probably score it, game changes. Um doesn't happen. Man United are shit for the full ninety minutes instead. Three points lost, but they didn't create anything in the other eighty nine, I suppose is what naysayers would say. Um Follow-up question, I guess, then. Because there were two parts of this I really thought from, from the again, the Travis out, the Travis podcast link to Graham. Um, how, the idea that this on the Chelsea website, which, let's be honest, none of us believe that the referee read. Because I'm a Chelsea fan. I'm not reading that shit. Um, <laughs> who's there waiting for the fifth stand to pop up? Oh, wonder what they made of the match where we drew nil nil. <laughs> oh, Christ. Um, go go. Ollie, buy a subscription to The Athletic. I promise you it's better than this. Um, it really is. You might find out some useful information. Um, but the idea that how other teams are influencing referees prior to immediately after games. So there is a, there is a question in the league, less, less so about um, the sort of the, on, the online media, but more Klopp's comments and the suggestions that some, United are getting favourable decisions, which seems a bit odd in a time of VAR. Um, Mike, what do you think? Do you think there is a campaign to influence referees? I mean, we know that United's most famous never manager confessed to liking the dark arts. What, what, do, what do you make of this? I, I don't think the refs are being influenced, personally. That's my opinion. I don't, I don't think they are. Uh, we, 
we saw Lee Mason give a, a bizarre decision at, at West Brom. Obviously, with the dunk thing, you've got that strange one, I guess, in the United game. I guess it's strange. It's it's such a weird situation for us to be in where you, you make a decision in real time. Then you've got someone in your ear telling you you should go look at it. So you think you might be looking for, to change your decision. Hmm. You're already second guessing whatever you think you've seen in real time. Then you've got the coaches, the players all just shouting at you while you're, yeah. making, while you're watching the screens and trying to make a new decision, let's say, based on the information you've got in front of you while he's probably trying to chat to the VAR. It's a, it's a dreadful situation, I think, for referees. It's, it's even even harder than it used to be. Do you, do you think it's... Because, objectively, VAR gives them, more ca- gives them more camera angles. It gives them more abilities to get the decision right. But do you think, rather than the problem being with the technology itself, the problem is with the, te- the way it's been implemented? For example, at the start of the season, we didn't see them going over and looking at it. And as you mentioned, for the players standing there like yesterday and they were crowding around and shouting like Hudson Adoy, like Azbalaquea, you're his captain, you've got to get him away from there. But in the rules, that should have been a yellow card for all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not yeah. it's not done because it's not the done thing. Is it is it not failure of the implementation rather than just saying point blank VAR's terrible? I mean I I don't like VAR, so but yeah, the implementation is not good. And to be honest, I think I or we have said it before on it. We saw some terrible decisions in the rugby for anyone, England, Wales, for anyone that watched that game. Only the captain went to speak to the referee about that decision and politely told him what a dreadful decision it was. <laughs> and then the ref just told him to go away and he has to go away. Otherwise, you get booked. And you're you're off for ten minutes. We don't do that in football. I don't really know why, because I feel like it would make the refs' life a lot easier. Yes, but isn't there isn't there a isn't there an argument the other way that um, referees in rugby are genuine? And I'm generalising here. Referees in rugby have more respect because they get things consistently more right. Would you not say the quality of refereeing in rugby is higher than the quality of refereeing is in football? Yeah. I have absolutely no idea about the, the general quality of refereeing. In, it's, in just, rugby. it's just, uh, again... Our perception might be that they're good, but again, I have no idea if they really are. Not as a... not. I feel like I'm just admitting I don't like things today, rather than just shouting about J5 all the time. I'm talking about different things. Um, I'm not a rugby guy, but my dad is. I was talking to him about this because I said, I said we were talking about respect for referees and the obviously Paul Welsh, and he said he felt that... The ref, he's not as harsh as me, but he said he felt that the refereeing standards are higher in rugby. And I think we talk about VAR making jobs easy for officials. I, I have some sympathy, but I don't know about you, Dave. Do you feel like the referees were bad pre-VAR or the referees used to get quite a lot wrong pre-VAR? Because I certainly did. I, I can remember many a game where the whole week afterwards was... Oh, Fergus United have got a lucky penalty. Mourinho's Chelsea have got a lucky penalty that's robbed a a smaller team. Arsenal have got a lucky penalty. You know what I mean? And so on and so forth. Yeah. 
I think one big problem with the refs is that, like, what I would love is for them to basically mic up the refs and you can hear what they're saying to, or what what they're being told when they make decisions. Like, you hear that in rugby, you hear that in the basketball sports. It would make it more transparent. I think the biggest thing is that there's no transparency. You see someone go and look at something, you have no idea what he's saying, you have no idea what anyone's saying to him. He comes away, makes a decision, and it's, you've seen an incident, everyone makes up their own mind. We, we as people watching that game will make up our own mind, and he'll even make a decision that we agree with or we disagree with. But we have no idea how he's got there. Because in the before VAR, it's he's even given something or he's missed something, and you know, replays will look and be, oh, maybe he could have gone that. But it's gone. No one else will look at it. No one can influence that decision in that mm-hmm. game. It's not gone anymore because it will get viewed so many times. Please make it transparent so that even if there's a decision that people don't agree with, they at least know how they got there. Because at the moment, it's just mystery. And suddenly there is a penalty or there isn't. Like the Hudson O'Neill incident, I'm sure a lot of people would be less critical in that minds even at ease if they know what he said to the Atwell said and what Atwell's been told. It's sort of nonsense for me in this day and age that and it's such a lengthy process. Sometimes it's like five minutes and you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I just that part of it annoys me. But it's it's one of those for me that if we took VAR away, something would happen almost certainly in the first this week of fixtures back people be like oh, I wish we had VAR so you can't get rid of it mm-hmm. Mike scrap it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just think that referees no one's ever going to be happy with referees I think it's the nature of the job no one's ever going to be happy with them so to take, I think they should have every tool available to them and I just think what we've got to do is We've got to, because referee, refereeing for a position, for the positions they have, criminally underfunded. You try and be a referee in this country, they do not help you out at all. So let's do the right thing, Premier League. Let's take some of your riches, trickle it down, get some good, gra- get better training for referees at all levels. Let's give them all the stuff they need to succeed, but let's not do away with the vial. Let's just focus on making it better. We didn't do away with the offside rule, did we? Come on, we made it better. And then made it worse. And then better. And then worse. And then really fucked it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, one more question for you, Mike. Because as everyone knows, you're a former referee, which means I hate you. Um, <laughs> do you think the fact that all so much of the post-match analysis, regardless of the quality of the game, is devoted to the refereeing performance, that that's made these issues the perception of them feel worse so for example take the united chelsea game almost practically most of the post game is devoted to these terrible the terrible cliches that you get when your panel consists of roy key which is they're not good enough they have no energy they have no passion and then it's oh the referee in a bad game oh the referee made this decision oh the referee did this did this blah, blah 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 rather than focus on the tactics, for example, the fact that United couldn't get the ball to Bruno, the fact that Chelsea 
the Chelsea had obviously anticipated United would sit deep and instead had a high press, which meant Giroud was isolated. Those kind of things that your more niche sites, again, like not to give them another shout out, the athletic pick up on. Do you think that the do you do you think that referees have any tougher spot because of that kind of analysis? Yeah, almost certainly. But it, it just keeps the pressure on even more. And then the next time they come to make a big decision, that as as we found out from Lee Mason, he was shitting himself. Whatever decision he made, <laughs> yeah. uh, I I mean, yeah, you. you as a ref, you can't win. Mike Dean's getting death threats for some of his decisions. Lee Mason's, I'm sure, will have a bad week now. He was taken off fourth official on Sunday, I think, after after the, the game on Saturday. Every, I mean, TV channels want to talk about the controversy, obviously. That's the controversy, so that's what you talk about. And it, it doesn't help anything. It really doesn't. No. It just no. riles everyone up. And then Twitter's a nightmare. Yeah, Come on, podcasts. Come on, podcasts. People are getting upset on podcasts. You know. Oh, I'm upset. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a hard enough job as it is. It is, it is, it is. I just think it's needs to just... There's ways to make it better. you just got to invest the time, energy and money in making things better. Remember, lads, yeah, World Cup 2018. worth it. World Cup 2018 with VAR. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. It worked pretty well. It was quick. And it was the world's best referees looking after it. Let's give our referees some help. Let's give them some proper, proper help. Anyway, would you look Fine at me? I missed the World Cup, so I don't know. Yeah. Did you, oh, you did, didn't you? I tell you what, what a summer. Yeah. What a summer. I mean, Dave, you want to go full feet at 500, tell everyone about how great it was the best summer of your life? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, one last question from... Someone who, if you watched our watch along on twitch.tv slash in and around pod a few weeks ago for the Athletic Chelsea game, you'll see has some very interesting thoughts about football and fish. Um, <laughs> it's Jake. What's his surname, Mike? Bye. Yeah. At United Brummy, if you want to send him, mate. He thinks McTominay is a good player. Mike, United fan, is McTominay a good player? No. Is he better than Fred? No. Is he better than J5? Let's not answer Probably, that. Probably, uh, yeah, we'll leave that there. But um, Dave, McTominay, good player. No. Is he better than Fred? No. Right, OK. I think that's settled. That was our last question. Four questions from the viewers. If you, like any of these, any of the viewers slash listeners slash something, um, want to send us questions, you can do so either by the email, which is inandaroundpod at gmail.com, or you can send them to us on all the socials, in and around pod, including TikTok. That's right, we're big on TikTok. We're not big on TikTok. Um, Mike, in the meantime... i work people, on it. If the people want to follow you for more Joel Linton updates and updates about why you think VAR's terrible, where can they do so? Uh, I'm Mikey Breslin for the, the Jose and VAR out chat. No Joel Linton chat. Okay, he's moving around. Um, I've got to broaden my horizons, otherwise... Yeah. There's only a certain niche that actually like Joel Linton in this country, yeah. as <laughs> it turns out. One bloke in the West Midlands, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave, if the people want to follow you to find out more about why you think Birmingham City could have made the top 10 in the Championship this season, where can they do so? Uh, it's at Dave Harris underscore 44. 
<laughs> and if you want to follow me at Will Hunt 17, please don't please follow me at In and Around Pods. I previously mentioned. Um, that was a loud one. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to read more of our views, you can do so at In and Around Media.com, including Mike's weekly betting article, which is also, funnily enough, a podcast. It comes out every Friday on this feed. Mike, how are you and the other League Two expert, Mr. Henry Hodgson, getting on? Uh, yeah, all right. Not a great week for us this week. No, no, how many? How many did you get? Uh, between us, one one out of four each. So, so a little bit of a loss of for us. That's two out of yeah, eight. Two out of eight. Yeah, yeah, so you're both batting at twenty five percent. Yeah, that's okay in baseball. That's how, all right. How did you get on but, in League Two by any chance? I think we were over two in that league this uh, this oh, week. We? Okay, okay, ladies and gentlemen, if you keep in score like I am, that's zero for two this week. <laughs> um, until next time, um, have fun. Don't abuse the ref. Yeah. Please, yeah. yeah. Cheers. Sayonara. Yeah, sayonara. Take care, shoes castle. <laughs> <laughs>